Hey, this is Barbara Corker, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. Are you hating your day job? Well, what's holding you back from making a change? Today, I'm talking to one reluctant caller and convincing him to take a leap from 9 to 5 and start making real money for himself. I'm also going to talk to a lady whose business is helping other people. I'm going to teach her how to help herself. Listen in. Hi, Barbara. My name is Midori Verity. And I have a business called Fuel to Fire, and we help business women, namely entrepreneurs, accelerate their goals using accountability and then a whole goal-setting framework. And we've been in business for just a year, and my challenge is, is getting in new members. Um, we have a low price point. We have a great product with proven results but we're just having a difficult time getting new members in. So I would love to be a guest on your show and pick your brain and hear your brilliance. So you asked the bottom line question, which is the uh, heart of the business. How do you get more members? I mean, without that, what you have is a hobby. Uh, You don't have a business. Without that, you don't have money coming in. You don't have a business. Without that, you don't have promise of building a bigger business, which is what drives a lot of people. Uh, in their day-to-day work. So you ask the most important question. How many people are you servicing right now? Can I start right there? Sure. Right now we have about 25 members. That's good. And you've been in business how long? Now it's 13 months. 13 months. That's not so bad. That's a good running start at least. And may I ask you, uh, what was the source of those 25 people that you're working with? How did you get them? Yeah, it was a mixture of our mailing list. And then also from doing outreach through LinkedIn um, sales sales navigator, and then also through emails, just cold emails. And which has worked better? Have you broken down those 25 people to see actually where you got, who you got, what from, and what you paid to get them? A hundred percent, well, not a hundred percent, but by far it's from our own email list. Ah, yeah. So it's like a semi-referral in a way. You refer to yourself, yeah. Yes. And uh, could you expand that mailing list or did you pretty much knock into everybody you knew? We could expand it a bit, um, but we have almost exhausted it. We need, we need a better funnel. Have you asked your original mailing list, which has been most productive, to recommend their friends to expand your list? We've done it. It hasn't been very successful for, for some reason. We haven't figured that out. Really good question. Um, but yes, that is one of the areas that we, we hope to really tap into. Well, it's always, it's not as easy because it's always once removed. It's like, I'm asking for a favor for a friend versus I'm asking you for a favor. Any once removal of any kind of referral base is always watered down. Uh, and it usually takes a price to make it happen. Have you offered any reward to those people? If you could refer us to people, we could blah, blah, blah. Um, we did. We did it really lightly. It was kind of last minute. We need to do it again. And we need to have a better strategy behind it. 
What did you offer them? I'm curious. We offered them, I think we offered them $50 off their monthly rate for the quarter. Mm -hmm. And how much is their monthly rate? It's only 199. It, that's going up, but at that point it was 199. Mm -hmm. I think uh, just a first blush, and you said you did it last one, I think you should give that some thought and maybe even take some of your closer friends into your confidence in that list and ask them like as a focus group, what do you think we're thinking of doing this or we're thinking of doing that? What, what, what do you think would have the best appeal rather than you invent it and put it out there? Um, I'm thinking on first blush that you didn't offer enough. I think $50 off is kind of like a discount coupon. Whereas if you say, we'll give you a third month of consultation, which is worth $199, you said, for free. I mean, maybe that's too much for you to give up or we'll give the first month for, we'll give the very next month to you for free. Plus, we'll give your friend their first month for free. I, I think it's got to be a bigger prize for them to say, and also, I think there's got to be a qualifier associated with it. Like, we're not just asking you uh, for names here. We're asking you from your heart, who do you feel we could really help? Who among your circle of influence uh, could, be, uh, could get ahead with our sage advice and our helping hand? Uh, so it's got to be like from the heart as a thank you. We'd love to waive uh, one month of your consulting fee, blah, blah, blah. When you have people signed up now, the 25 people, do, are they signed up for a year or is it a month at, at a time as it goes? They go for by the quarter. Uh -huh. So about 60% of those people have been with us since the very beginning. Terrific. Uh -huh. So we know that it's working. We're seeing the results, which is fantastic for these clients. We need more scale. You know, we're only at 25. We want to be at 200. That will be the cap. The other thing that you mentioned, Barbara, that's really critical for us uh -huh. is the quality of member because they're in small pods. And so, as you know, I'm sure is if you have the wrong person in there, it really lowers the whole group. And so that's one of the things is we, they have to qualify. They have to be accepted in. And are you turning a lot away or you are? And, and out of five people that say, I want to be included in a pod, how many can you not find a good working pod for and that you turn away? We turn away three out of three out of five. Wow. Do you make that known to your members how selective you are? Yes, we yeah. have. Yeah. We always kick off every quarter with a live video together. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that. We have improved that. That was one of the, you know, this whole first year was learning, right? Learning, re improving, rinsing, and repeating. Yep. And so now we have, we have really refined that a bit. So the, the people who are coming in now are far more qualified. And again, through referrals or through your, your mailing list or through your outreach program online? So now that is through cold emails. Wow. Cold emails? Mm -hmm. Cold emails. We're targeting them. We're being selective in who we choose. And that's one of the things that has really helped us. Well, it sounds um, like you landed on something good there. Uh, would you say that's your major source of good customers right now? It is. Wow. That's, uh, that's great to hear. You know why? Because that's unlimited. And it is. Control, which is great in any business to have something in your control if you're really good at self-selecting and making your list that well-targeted, uh, out of every five people who come to you now and say, we'd like to give this a shot, how many are qualified that you take in? So now it's gone. So in the beginning, it was, we were turning away about 60% of the people. Now, just last quarter, I would say probably only if it was 
out of five, we turned away two. That's good. Yeah. It's definitely improved. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I don't think you're doing badly at all. 25 people in that short time period. Uh, you have a 40% loss of the people. You're getting better qualified referrals coming in and you're targeting who you want. I mean, I was listening to that. I'd say that's a pretty damn good report card. And that if you given time, you'll reach what you, uh, you reach your goals of what did you say, 250 people or so? We're hoping for two, we're shooting for 200. That's, that's our mission. But trying to multiply a business tenfold is enormous. It's like you just got good on a skateboard going down the driveway and you want to go down Mount Everest. You know, that's, that's a great analogy. Difference. Big difference. Um, what happens if you don't reach that 250? Like, what's your goal? You, you thought maybe you'd get 250 in what period of time? Honestly, Barbara, I thought that we would, we would be there by now. Mm -hmm. like know, we're, we're ready to learning curve. <laughs> uh -huh. So we've learned. Um, but I did, we were doing Google AdWords in the beginning. I have other businesses and Google AdWords has always crushed it for us. Mm -hmm. But this time Google AdWords and Facebook really fell flat. Mm -hmm. So after licking our wounds and, um, you know, moving on to the next thing, that that was kind of that was a big smack in the face mm. but you recovered and tried something else and found another revenue stream or another customer stream yes yeah so we are yeah we're moving forward i think it's one of those things where you have the expectations yes. and then when they don't happen it really kind of um is mentally tough mm. and so um what yeah. happens if you only increase your um audience to 50 people by year end, 12 months from now you have 50 people. Is, could you make a go of that business? Could you stay in business or is there a life or death kind of a thing? No, no, no. We definitely will stay in business. Oh yeah. That's, if we can get to 50 by the end of the year, we'll be fine. I'm sorry. Lose money in that circumstance. If you had 50 people instead of 25 people a year from now, would you be losing money or could you be making money? We'd be, we'd be breaking even. That's not so bad. Can I tell you anybody who could, double a business in a year and break even after two years is nothing short of a miracle in business. Do you know how rare that is? You know, did you yeah. borrow a lot of money to start the business and go through a lot of money? Um, in the beginning, we, again, we, we borrowed it from our other business. Mm -hmm. And so, and I had a partner in the beginning who I bought out. Mm -hmm. um, but it was not compared to what usually goes into starting a business. This was a very low you know, I, I, um, I just, I could certainly give you advice on, um, I have one idea that I'll share with you, but based on what you've said so far, um, I think, I think you're doing so well, honestly. I think maybe one of my concerns, Barbara, is that competitors come in. So we're different that we're not just a networking group. We're not just an accountability group, you know, like you have on Facebook. This is really, we have a lot of research into it. We use OKRs from John Dewar and EOS, and I have been trained in peak performance by Stephen Kotler. So we use all these different technologies and processes, but what I'm concerned with is that there's going to be other competitors that come and they see this model, um, and they have the funding, and they... I mean, I'm on this. I don't know how many people are going to hear this show, Barbara. So 
that's one of my concerns is that we are going to be a little too slow in our growth and then competitors will come and take over. I say take that off your worry list because there's one thing in that mix that you didn't mention, which is yourself. Right? I assume you're doing a lot of the coaching yourself, keeping people accountability. You have the training. Uh, that's the core of the business itself is the talent of the individual and that's you. Nobody's going to knock that off so fast. They're not going to get your face. They're not going to get your direct way of speaking. Uh, they're not maybe going to be as relatable as you are to your audience. There's plenty of room for everybody. And the minute people start imitating you, you write them a thank you letter and say, thank you for imitating me because it means I'm certainly doing something right. When nobody's imitating, it's not a good sign. Okay. You want as many knockoffs as you possibly can as an endorsement that you've landed on something that other people want to covet and model themselves after. Take it off your plate on worry. I used to worry about that building my brokerage business once I was in business about a dozen years and we we're coming up the ranks and what was this guy doing? What was that? And then it always got me off my own game. The minute I stopped worrying about that crap and let everybody imitate me, my business zoomed ahead each and every year that I was hyper-focused on myself. So get that off your plate. That's in the way of anybody's thinking, okay? I could see uh, there's not going to be many knockoffs of you, the individuality that you are. Maybe a model, your execution, your relatability to the people. not going to be so easy. It's such a personal game. That kind of consulting business, okay? So what's your social following? <laughs> <laughs> so on LinkedIn, we have just over 4,000. Mm -hmm. um, Instagram, we have over 9,000. Facebook is almost non-existent. So those are my two big platforms. Instagram, um, yeah, Instagram is, is rising up. Yeah, so it's sort of good. Who does your postings? You're doing it yourself? I have a, my assistant does all the other social media. I do LinkedIn specifically. I'm the one connected there. You feel like you're creative and different enough in those platforms than the next guy out there? I haven't seen. I'm trying. I'm trying, Barbara. Yeah. I, I'm doing more videos now. I would think videos would be very effective for you. You give them a sampling of the product. You do quick tips. I do. If I try to give them drop it and then just do a different tip another time, like give away free merchandise, but only slices of it. Do you do that? Um, I do. I've been trying to, you know, on Instagram, you can only do a reel for 60 seconds. Right. So I've gotten pretty good at taking out all the crappy words. Yeah. All right. And people receive it well. And do you pick up followers that way? Slowly, slowly. It seems to be building. Yeah, I think that's key. And I would give you a report card of about a C in those arenas if that's what your following is. I just wonder if you could hire someone very young, hyper-focused on that. Do even, you didn't mention TikTok, did you? I, I'm on TikTok. I'm still, my, I don't know my thoughts on that. I feel like it's a really young market. And I appeal to, um, to moms who are 35 to 50 years old, that seems to be my sweet spot because I can talk to them all day long. I understand their pain points. I understand their struggles. I understand the stress they go through. Mm -hmm. And I, so far I, I have felt that TikTok is a really young market. You know, while you weren't watching TikTok, I'm very old. I mean, not old relative to grandma and grandpa, uh, but you're really overlooking a wonderful platform there. Uh, okay. 
really are. However, I think you need a young eye on it. I think you need a young voice. I'm not saying you're not young, you don't look young. That's not what I mean. I mean, it's a voice or a connectivity to what's trending there that you could hop on. That's a different kind of art form. Like, who do you mimic? Who do you grab the tails of and go for a ride with your own messaging? Uh, that's what TikTok's all about. And I think it takes someone who knows that space. It's hard to learn because it moves so fast. I wonder if you could get some high school kid who loves TikTok, that and Instagram. I just think uh, somehow setting that loose from an operator, I've never seen it not help any business. Somehow when the operator is doing the social along with running the business, I've never seen social blossom. But when they let it go and delegate it out and set it free to somebody young who runs with the ball, I've always seen it blossom. So I'm just a believer in letting that piece go as quick as you can. Okay, that's a great piece of advice. Somebody, maybe one of the kids of uh, the the people you're counseling or one of your friend's kids or whatever. Uh, Yeah, somebody, the two qualifiers, I would say, knows the medium and loves it and lives in it and is looking at it all the time and the others have a creative mind. Okay. Just that. All right. I think you would build up your social following. It's your best platform for getting future qualified leads. It will always be. Uh, but I think you have to feed it, feed it with a lot of stuff and keep hacking at it, hacking at it in quantity. And I don't okay. do that as a principle. You tend to be careful as a principle. What you put out there is extension of you. What you, you know, I think you could spearhead it, but not do it kind of. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. And so I'll get some advice and get them to guide me on, on these new platforms or these newer platforms. Not even guide you, you guide them and let them go. Okay. The reversal. This is what I want. These are the messages that I think are powerful for me. How do you tie that into these new platforms and let okay. them, you know, um, the other thing, one last question I had a curiosity about, which is unrelated, but you twice mentioned my other businesses. What is that? I'm concerned that that might be distracting. It's not. I've, I've owned businesses for 30 years. And so we have event businesses huh. and I have it so dialed in with systems and staff that those run completely on their own. Mm. So Midori, I have to say to you, uh, you're an experienced entrepreneur and uh, really you're right about the only thing wrong with your business is getting enough people. Because you know how to build a business. You've done it. You know how to put systems in place. You know how to work through other people. You know how to delegate. Otherwise, you wouldn't have built that other business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now we just need to get this one. And this is, this is my baby. You know, I've been in business for so long. And you know when you hit that spot where you're like, I love this business. Everything's in alignment. I love what I do. I wake up every day excited. But I want to, that was, I, it started during the pandemic when I saw entrepreneurs struggling. Yeah. And, and I know what it's like because I've, you know, if you've owned a business for 30 years, you have been punched in the gut and knocked out at the knees many times. And so I get it. And, um, so this is my heart. This is, this is what I was meant to do. And, um, I think maybe that's, maybe that's part of the other mental part of it that I'm struggling with is it's like, I, I just want to get it out so badly that, um, it hurts when it's not growing the way that I anticipated. Let me mention something to you. The last, uh, one minute of what you said is why your competitors won't really have a chance. They'll build their own businesses, but they're not going to compete with you. That wild ass enthusiasm that I just heard, the passion, I'm sure you let that out when you're counseling or coaching people. I wonder if you're letting that loose when you're sending your messaging out, because you should. It's very convincing. It's like, wow, she could help me. I'm not sure how, but I want to sign up. 
Uh, do you let that loose? Because you're a phenomenal salesperson when you're speaking from your heart. Thank you. My, I think that's part of the reason why the members have been in for so long. Yeah. I have the same people that show up. We have a um, manifestation Monday every week where we kick off the week. Not this week because I'm here with you, but in general, we do it every week. Um, and we have masterminds and other things. So I have the same people showing up all the time. And I think that's probably why yeah. is because we connect. I give them advice. Um, we, I feel like it's a friendship. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think in social media with what you're talking about, I need to be doing more videos and, and tapping into that yeah. more. Now that I've heard you say that, it's empowering me to really go and do that. Yeah, but you got the means. Uh, you shouldn't worry about yourself. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to. Thank you. Well, for anybody listening, that's $199. How much time do you get for $199? So that's per month, and you get your own accountability group. You have a facilitator. It's not me, but you have a facilitator who's trained, who's running the group each week. Um, but really, it's for anyone who's struggling or feels alone and running their business and they are highly driven and they want to get to that next spot and they want a good support system that helps them break through the crap and the challenges that happen with business and getting through quicker. That's what it's about. Yeah, you heard it guys. Midori's ad. Sign up. <laughs> I'll be signing up by this afternoon. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Barbara, for all these tips and your time. Thank you for your time too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Hi, Barbara. My name is Kenny Mays, and I'd like to know uh, how you get past the uh, the fear of failing and giving up a uh, a lucrative career in uh, corporate America with starting a business. So let me start with where you are now. You're in a lucrative career in corporate America. What do you do? What don't you like about it? So I, I sell cybersecurity software to the uh, federal government. So in, into the DOD and, and other uh, pieces of the government. So uh, I uh, was in the Navy for five years, got out of the Navy, got into inside sales uh, at Dell. Uh, after a while of doing that, I went to my boss and I said, hey, I'm going to, I'm leaving. I'm going to find a new job. Uh, I don't like this. And he said, well, why are you doing that? I said, well, I, I why, or why are you telling me this really is what, what he was at. And I said, well, I don't, I don't enjoy it. And, and he said, well, you have a security clearance. Why don't you go over to the government side and sell to the government? I said, okay, I can, I can do that. So I, it's basically been, I, I've been doing that for the last uh, probably 13 years. And Did I, you I, for most I, of those years, Kenny, you enjoyed that work? I, I enjoy aspects of it, but I, I, I kind of, uh, Try different things, working for doing things on the side for myself, and just play around with it. And that's happened since I was 14 years old, and from mm -hmm. mowing lawns and and uh, other stuff. And then during COVID, I, I I'm I don't sleep much. I work a lot, and and so I just uh, enjoy doing things. So I'm I'm a woodworker. So during COVID, I was like, wood prices are going up. I'm going to go buy walnut lumber in bulk. Uh, went and bought $10,000 worth of walnut lumber made my money back in 48 hours and I still had 70% of the wood that I bought. Uh, and then I was wow. like, huh, oh, this, and, and the whole goal there was just to see, okay, how do I, uh, how do I get free wood for myself? And then it was like, there's something <laughs> here. So the next week and I went doubled down, did the same thing. It was like two weeks, made my money back. And it was like, and I still had 
and now I had even more wood. And then it was like, this is, this is interesting. So I just kept, kept doing it. It's like, okay, this is, there's, this is, uh, this is not what this was planning on doing. And, and, but it, it's, there's been a bunch of scenarios like that throughout my life that it's like, I, I, I'm very successful at pretty much anything that I do and it, it, it works, but, I, and I know the answer is I need to just take the leap of faith, but it's like that, uh, I, I don't know, the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. And, and uh, so, yeah, I, that's. Yeah, quite. Most people, are, most people are comfortable uh, sleeping with the devil they know for sure. But you have to give me an ending to that story. Did you finally take all that damn wood and build yourself a house? What no, happened? no, I, so, <laughs> no, so, so I, I, I just do like furniture or cutting boards or just it's it's really just something to just clear my mind because i yeah i i'm better like i sit at a desk all day or i travel and see customers and so it's like uh one of those things that it, it's uh it's just enjoyable to me to to build things and and uh and that so i just but no my, my wife and i actually just bought a uh, little farm we live outside of austin texas and so we have a little over 10 acres and so uh and i i'm convinced that i've married like uh Old McDonald's daughter and, and Martha Stewart's daughter with, uh, with we have cows now and beehives and and uh, yeah it's but yeah no it's it's uh, it's good. If you were doing the same job you're doing now, selling to the government, but for yourself, would you like it or is it just the whole action of it? You're tired of it. If it was your own account, your own business, you were selling your own stuff. If you were an entrepreneur, totally in charge of that, would you like it? You know, probably, probably not. Uh, just it, it's, it's, uh, it, it would depend on what it is I'm selling also. Cause it's, it's, uh, th there's a lot of, a lot of components to that. Cause selling, I, I used an analogy the other day to someone where I was like, if you have a, if you have a device that, you know, someone cuts their arm off and not only does it stop the bleeding, but it grows the arm back and you want to, and it's been proven outside of the government, but you want to go sell it to the government. They, they probably won't be able to buy it until you do all this other due diligence of, of uh, getting it accredited and going through all these hoops and bounds. And, uh, and uh, it's, they're, they're still going to go with what they know, which is stop the bleeding, if, if not grow the arm back. And so it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's that piece that it's like, I, 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 I don't believe so. Uh, Cause the, it's just not, not where my, my, uh, my head, but what I do enjoy about it is still supporting the, the the mission and uh in supporting the the folks in the military and um the government in in helping out so well you've given your time there you can let yourself off the hook on that sounds to me like you probably should have changed your career maybe five six seven years ago you're probably ready then and you kind of milked the tail end of it a bit huh yeah yeah it's, it's uh it's it's been kind of that uh you know do i do i do it do i not do it and oh. and kind of in and out so what does your wife think she she thinks I I should just go for it and and uh, and 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 do it. So she she's very supportive. So I'm I'm very uh, lucky in that regard. Um, What's the it on this? What are you going to do? It? What do you envision? So it, it's the the part of my head that I have a hard time figuring out is okay. I can I, I don't want to say it on on uh, where to be recorded, but I can make a pretty good living that that most people would uh, would be like. I'd do anything for that. And with, with 
not trying uh, very hard. The current job, you mean? Correct, yeah. My, what I'm really asking is, what's the it that if you were to give that up and start your own business, what would that business be? Have you had a thought on that or many thoughts? I mean, I, yeah, I have many thoughts on it. it it's uh, the, the selling wood thing was, was just a fluke. And I, I uh, out of my backyard, sold a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of wood in less than 12 months. Oh. Um, with, and, and uh, it was, it was all to just hobbyists and, and small businesses where one oh. guy'd come and buy some wood and then his friend would come and then their friends and, and so oh. on and so forth. So, uh, so that, you already started that business. Sounds like you still have wood to sell. I do. Yeah. Are you still buying more wood? Are you still trading or just working off that old inventory? Uh, right now it's been working off that, that old inventory just because, uh, COVID there was a lot more free time. And now with, with, uh, stuff starting to get back to somewhat normal, it's, I'm, I'm in and out of town, uh, for, for work and just to the airport and, and back. So it's, it's not as, I can't focus on it the same way as before, where before it's like someone would text or call and say, Hey, uh, can I come by? It felt like a drug dealer, to be honest. And, and, uh, people just uh, come, come to get wood and then leave. And, and, uh, so it's just one of those, it was like, this is kind of, kind of weird. Look, so. But you look nothing like a drug dealer. You look like a military guy. So I don't think you have that to worry about. You won't be arrested any days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a cry in shame that you're going back to work. Honestly. I mean, you kind of accidentally started a business on your own on the side and it took off. It's still working. Uh, it sounds like you could probably expand it tremendously if you got your head wrapped around and knew it was 24 seven, your wife's behind your back. She supports you. You probably have enough savings to support you and your family for whatever period of time. Didn't strike me like you were concerned about leaving the money on the table. Most people would be, uh, but it sounds to me like you, uh, done that already and your eyes on the right God, which is pleasing yourself, you know, getting more fulfillment out of your work. So what really is standing in your way? Not the job, because that could be quit tomorrow or last week or five years ago. What really is standing in your way? I, I think it's, I think really it's the fear of the, the unknown, right? It's, it's the, uh, I, I think that that's the, the biggest piece is the, the fear of, okay, I got to go do this and, and, uh, and, and just, figuring out how to, to move past that. Well, it's Kenny, I, I don't know. I'm having a hard time buying it. Uh, I mean, I, I know you're being sincere here, but I, I'm actually having a hard time figuring out what could possibly happen in that unknown that would be so bad. I mean, if the shit hit the fan and uh, your mortgage is due and your wife's screaming murder or at least a minimum of divorce if you lose this house dear and the cows, which I really covet, uh, what would happen? Uh, your old job back, I bet you. If not that one, probably even in this economy, a better paying uh, position doing the same thing you used to do before. I mean, what's the worst? Yeah. That would what is the worst that would happen? Like, use your imagination. What's the worst that could happen? You go out on your own, it blows up. What's going to happen? Yeah, I, I, that's, a, that's a good point. I, I, I haven't, haven't thought about it that way, really, to be honest. My, my wife works in as well so we we're we're dual income and and that but it's uh but think, I, I don't know that think now on it what is the worst that's going to happen would you be ashamed to tell your family hey i tried it and i flunked 
Uh, would you be concerned about what your neighbors think? Would you cons be concerned about your old Navy buddies saying, what are you, crazy? You got such a great job. This is easy. You let down your country. What is it that haunts you in the back of your head that holds you back? I, I guess it's, I, I don't really care what, what people think about me. That's that's definitely not the, uh, the scenario, but it's more of, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe uh, I'm afraid of succeeding in it. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it, maybe that's what it, it is. I, I, I haven't really thought about it that way, but that, that's, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, that, I, that, that's actually very, very helpful. Um, but it, I think for, for me, it's just the, okay, you sell into the, the government, you, regardless of what company you're looking at, 18 to 24 months of, of hard work and then that's when your deals start happening and then uh but and then if you something happens to that company you get acquired whatever the the thing that happens that you have no control over you 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 leave stuff on the table no matter what and so that's one of those things for me also where i'm like okay i've all this stuff teed up on, on the table and so leaving it on the table is is probably the the mm -hmm. the fear but also the the thing that keeps me tied down to it May I ask I don't you, know if that answered it, it actually is very important, I think, what I just heard. But the things you've left on the table or have on the table, are they things like stock options and an ability to make a lot more money? Should you just leave it behind? Is that what it is? Right. Yeah. So there, there's stock options and then uh, the commission piece. And, and then uh, that, so I also, the, the customers that I have, regardless of what company I've been at, I deal with the same customers every company that I go to. I never, I never do a competing technology. I do a complementary technology to the the last company if I switch. So, I, I I take my integrity very seriously, and, and my customers know know that. So that that's the other piece is just the uh, I my customers is I guess that that's the other piece is just leaving leaving uh, the customers high and dry uh, is the other piece, but. Um, if I asked you to put a dollar amount on what's left on the table, does it amount to millions and millions of dollars in commissions and options that in the best case scenario, or is it something like two hundred thousand uh, dollars? It, it'd be more more than more than two hundred thousand mm -hmm. um, dollars, but probably less than millions and millions. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's say a million dollars. You know, uh, that's the first thing you said that hits my logical button that says, hmm, would I leave so fast if I had a million dollars on that table? Would I leave so fast if I love my customers and they love me and I just leave it all behind? That takes a very brave man to turn your back on those two cards. I didn't hear those earlier, but I get why you're hesitating because anybody who's a thinking person would hesitate. Um, if if I said to you um, on your wood business, you could make $2 million in the first year, would you feel differently about leaving a million dollars on the table? Yeah, absolutely. Do you envision that you could possibly do that? I see a man who could do that in front of me. No, I, I, I uh, this, there's so many, so many aspects of the wood thing that just never even crossed my mind on that first first trip it was more of uh, uh this I'll, I'll buy some i'll keep some i'll, I'll uh sell some and and uh, see what happens and and now it's uh i've made relationships with all these small mm. sawmills all over the place mm -hmm. and and uh just 
but but no, you're absolutely right. I it, I could scale it significantly more if I had uh, the ability to focus on it full time and and really uh, just go after it. But but yeah, that I I I do see the the path, but it's just one of those uh, one one of those things that's like uh, we we got married two years ago, and so it's like your your five six years ago comment was absolutely true, but it's like that would have been way 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 different that time and and uh now it's like i i have not only myself to think about but it's also uh my wife so yeah but guess what your wife's behind you your wife makes a living in a way the pressure yeah, yeah. on you she could even support you if you had to which will never happen um you know what i think i think you ought to add up the money you really are leaving on the table in terms of uh, relinquished commissions and potential stock options that may or may not happen you could be there another five right. years materialize into nothing really, or it could happen next month. You don't know, but put a dollar sign on that one. Let's say it's a million six, say whatever you add it up, but make it real, make a list, right? Okay. I'm going to lose a million six by losing uh, this position. How long am I going to give myself to make up the loss a year and a half, two years that gives you a target. There's nothing better than a target. When you start a business, if it's actually attainable, and with your ability to sell, which you've done for a living and you've made a good living because honestly, not because you know your technology or whatever's involved in what you're selling, that has not been why you've been successful. You've been successful because you've been an entrepreneur your whole life, which all sales is. You made it, you made yourself what you, what you made of it. A lot of other guys weren't making your kind of money, right? You're an entrepreneur. Right. At salesman and you were able to as a salesman and an entrepreneur build a tremendous loyalty with your customers because they trust you and you deserve the trust you're an absolute 150 percent good guy you take that same ball of wax and apply it to your own business full-time and i bet you make four million dollars in the first year and a half blow by the million and a half you lost to whatever that number is and then double it again and think about this. If you had a doctor who told you you have cancer in two years to live, would you hang on to that job? I know it's a gruesome. Yeah, probably, got me yeah, off the box on a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely not. Um, I would run so, for my life. I would run for my life, yeah. how far my life could take me. And you're living the other, other man's life, in essence. Nothing wrong with that. It's been a great life for you, but there's a reason that lumber came into your life. There's a reason your wife came into your life. It's a reason you're having the feelings you have toward wanting to do something differently and seeing that job, which was great then, a little empty now. There's a reason because you're supposed to just go and do it. You're just supposed to go and do it. And the worst that could happen is you lose a million and a half, you don't make a dime in your lumber business the next year. I doubt that very much. Maybe you lose right. 500,000, 300,000, go belly up. Could you take that kind of a loss? Sure you could. That ain't gonna happen, I could tell looking at you, all right? So I think your charge is to uh, forget all the logic in the world and all the bullshit and just follow your heart and your wife, by the way. <laughs> She's a smart lady. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't waste yeah, it. Yeah. You know, you could get sick tomorrow. You don't know about life. I've seen it happen. Sure. You don't wanna die with a dream, baby. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's definitely helpful. I, I, uh, I appreciate that. I, I was listening to some of your, your podcasts over the weekend. And one of the stories that I heard you telling someone was with, when you were uh, a kid and having a friend that was, was 
smarter and, and, and all that. And I was Margaret laughing Garrity. when I was with Stephen. <laughs> Margaret Garrity, of course, I'll never forget her. <laughs> yeah, so, so when, when, I was, uh, when I was in high school, I had a, a friend that was super smart, just straight A's no matter what. And I said to his mom one day, I said, man, I, I wish I was as smart as, as uh, Armando. And she said, oh, you're you're going to make way more money than him. You're, you're going to be a sales guy. And, uh, wow. and so that's the, the joke now it's like 15 years old that it was, uh, just kind of, uh, kind of funny. I, I just laughed at your, your story, uh, uh, talking about that. Cause it was like, there's, there's a lot of, of similarities there. So here's a, uh, here's an interesting exercise for you to do today. Uh, look up Armando, give him a call and say, Hey, what are you doing now? He might be your accountant. Okay, well, anyway, uh, I don't know if you ever heard the story of Thomas Edison. I read a couple of good books about his life. One uh, little factoid was he was thrown out of his school because he couldn't learn. He, was, uh, he had lots of issues. But his mother lied and said the teacher called and said he was so smart, she had to tutor him one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> she never told him that truth, and he found the letter when he was an older man from the school. When his mother died, found it in her file. What a game changer that is. And the other thing I yeah. read in another book is someone asked him, you were so dumb in school, you, you know, you couldn't do this or that, right? And he said, listen, he said, uh, he said, um, I could hire any mathematician I want, but they can't hire me. <laughs> You're yeah. one of those guys. They can't hire you. You should get out and, and, and go to work for yourself. It's way, way overdue. And you'll, uh, I, you'll have to promise me that you'll send me a thank you note saying, Jesus, what was I waiting for? Six yeah, months. yeah, no, I, okay. I, I definitely, definitely will. So, what, what would you say? I, I guess as far as, uh, you know, you set aside money for, for, you know, window. What, what do you think that that window should be that that can succeed or or doesn't succeed for, I don't know, twelve months or eighteen months? What, what is that? What would be the the ideal window? There is no ideal window, but it's the morning you wake up and you say to yourself, holy shit, I can't do this anymore. This is going down and I don't want to do it anymore. That's when the window closes. I've seen entrepreneurs struggle for four years, six months, six years. But as long as they're willing to struggle, I've seen them become billionaires. I've seen people give up in six months. There is no window. It's, it's about your appetite uh, and desire to make it all happen. And you've got it now and you're going to get a big boost because you've been containing your desire so long. It's going to help you zoom through six months, a year, year and a half. You wouldn't have a problem with enthusiasm. Please, I can't look at your face anymore until you write me a letter and say, I started. And I'm in it full time. Both, okay. both hands, my head 100%. Don't let me down here, Kenny. Be a waste of a good man. And that's all we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.